Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Stay standing. We're going to go over. My bad. Y'all were sitting down. It's like, oh, I can't do that. My bad. Uh, we're going to go over a quick Bible verses found in Psalms 27:14 in the King James Version. And it goes like this. If you don't have it, it's okay, because it's going to be displayed behind me. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait. I say on the Lord. I'm about to start singing, y'all. If y'all, if y'all don't, not just pray. I'm not gonna sing. Nah, y'all good. Y'all good. Y'all ain't ready for that. Y'all may be seated. I want to pose a question while you're sitting down. Who here likes traveling? Yeah. Yeah. See, like I love to travel. The reason why I shared this Bible verse is because I've been waiting and waiting to travel. In fact, my wife Diane and I, we get to lead missions here at Journey Church. And one of those reasons is because not only do we get to spread the gospel, but we get to travel. It's a win-win. And we've been to places such as India, Ethiopia. She's been to Morocco, but she's married to me, so I've went. You know what I'm saying? Just throwing that out there. Dominican Republic, Haiti. We've been to countries in Central and South America. I heard that. We just got back to me- from Mexico from an anniversary trip. It was great. We love to travel. But the place that I want to talk to you about today is the place where we went on our first year anniversary. And it was a beautiful land. I would dare say it was even magical. So magical that we're probably going to go back in January. And it's none other than to the state of Colorado. Y'all probably got to probably like, where did they go? They went to India and Morocco? Colorado. But yeah, we're going back. Uh, <laughs> You see, we were uh, gifted a stay at a resort in Avon, Colorado. And if it's free, it's for me. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm a 10 and a half. I'm not going to tell you my pant size, double X. I like hats and beanies. Just throwing that out there because the holidays are coming through. Okay? So we stayed in Avon, Colorado, and then we bought some buddy passes from one of Diane's friends. Hindsight, we probably could have saved a lot more money by going through Priceline. I hope they're watching this so they can sponsor me or something. But we bought these buddy passes, and getting there was great. I mean, we felt like buddies. Everybody was smiling at us, high-fiving. You know, they showed us to our seats. They brought us refreshments. Getting back, however, was a totally different story. We get to Denver International Airport two and a half hours early because that's what normal people do. We go through check-in, then the TSA, and then we get to the gate to the counter where we encounter our buddy. And I'm going to name him Brad. And I'm sorry if there's somebody here named Brad, but that was the name of this guy, Brad, the buddy. Brad goes on to tell us, hey, go ahead and have a seat and I'll call you up when I need you. I really did not like how Brad, the buddy, told us that, but we did that. And it wasn't until my second cup of coffee and maybe the third or fourth flight in and out that we realized that we're not going to get to Orlando in four and a half hours. Because you see, we were flying standby. And we did not know what that meant, but boy, did we learn. Because you're just there, sitting. 
doing absolutely nothing but waiting and watching the people coming out of the plane and going into the plane. And the ones that are going into the plane are laughing at you because they're getting to their destination early. So who's flown standby? So you feel my pain, right? Like you're just there doing nothing, waiting. And isn't that how it is in life? Like you're waiting for that call back from that job that you always wanted so your cell phone vibrates but it really didn't vibrate so you take it out just to make sure that it didn't vibrate? Yeah. You're flying standby. Or maybe you're waiting for your boo thing. I'm not going to look thing. Right? And he better make 150K so y'all can go on three or four weeks of vacay and have a good 401K so y'all can retire okay. Yeah, you're, you're flying standby. Or maybe you're waiting to magically find the winningly lottery ticket on the floor so that financial struggles will be a thing of the past. Right? I don't know how you know the numbers by memory, but you know it's the winning one. You're delusional. And also... <laughs> Flying standby. You might be waiting there for a while. I may or may not know by experience. Or possibly, everybody around you is announcing that they're going to be parents. And you wonder if you will ever father or mother a child. You're flying standby. Or perhaps you're waiting for your family member to come back home because there was a separation and you're waiting for them to come back home so that healing can begin, you're flying standby. Or possibly you waited and you, and you prayed and, and you had faith and you prayed and you had faith that your loved one will come out of the hospital and come back home, but they didn't. You were flying standby. See, life often feels like a huge weight and sometimes the weight is good. But sometimes the weight doesn't net the results that we'd expected. And the title for today's message, if you didn't guess it already, is I'm Flying Standby. And I have a question for you. Does anybody here, I, I, hope, I hope nobody raises their hand, because they're online and they just let standby flights. It's really not that fun. I've never met a person that loves to wait because it's really not that fun. But I felt it necessary that I should share, share some life hacks, if you will. Life hacks that will allow you to lessen your wait times. However, I do not, how, I, I do not know how effective they will be because at the end of the day, you still have to wait. Okay? So life hack number one. Returning a gift that you don't like. Best time to go to the store to return a gift that you don't like is at 10 a.m. The reason behind that is because the shop won't be too busy. And you'll be in and out in a jiffy. Throwing that out there. <laughs> Filling a prescription. Best time. And you'll miss the afternoon rush as well. You're welcome. Going to the dentist. Best time to go is at one because you will be the first appointment right after lunch. And something that I do often, number four, getting a haircut. If you know, you know. 9 a.m. is the best time to go because there will be no latecomers that will have thrown off the schedule and your barber or stylist will be more enthusiastic during that time, maybe, if they're a morning person. But the truth is that there really is no life hacks for the way. There are no life hacks for the standby. Like, I couldn't go up to Brad, my buddy, and be like, hey, Brad, here's a $5 bill. Get me on that next flight. 
And there might be more where that comes from. Might be a 10, might be a 20, might be a five. Who knows? But you're going to get some more money. Just get me in there. Or I couldn't tell Diane, Diane, hey, let's go. We're going to go to another airline because they will accept us and we'll get to Orlando in no time. And I believe that instead of trying to figure out how to wait less, we should be really striving to wait better. Let's strive to wait better. And today we will figure out that if there is nothing I can do to wait less, what must I do to wait better? The first thing that I believe that we must do to wait better is to translate your disappointment. Translate your disappointment because sometimes you don't get what you want or what you're waiting for the way that you'd expect and you need to learn how to translate that. And before I go into the Bible verse, I want to give you a little bit of backstory of a wonderful story found in Genesis. It's of this young man named Joseph. And Joseph has a couple of dreams that his brothers are bowing down before him. His brothers did not like that. So they sell him as a slave into Egypt. Talk about sibling rivalry, right? And in Egypt, he gets thrown in jail. While in jail, he's able to translate some dreams for some people that are there. Eventually, he is able to translate a dream for Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh puts him second in command in all of Egypt. A famine falls on the land. And you know what happens? All the countries come around. And then eventually his brothers come to get fed. His brothers bow down before him and his dream comes to pass. And then Joseph tells him who he is. And that's where we pick up the story. It is found in Genesis 50, 19 through 20. And it goes like this. But Joseph said to them, do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. I lost my thing. Oh, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive today as they are today. You see, Joseph could have interpreted differently. Do the same accustomed to translating dreams. He was accustomed to the translation of all the disappointments that he had been through in his life. So when he saw his brothers, his reaction was completely different. And that's why this is my first point. Because sometimes waiting doesn't look like how you'd expect, but just because we're on standby doesn't mean that we're not getting anywhere. I obviously got home. I was on standby, but but, but I got home eventually, right? Just because you're waiting doesn't mean something is not happening. But we can be very negative about the wait, right? Like, we can talk about ourselves in a negative way and interpret our situations wrongly. Like, you're single. So you interpret it as you must be unlovable and you will always be lonely. Or maybe you're waiting to catch a break because you're like broke, broke, but you're like really broke. Like so broke that there's like a line in front of the line in the numbers in your bank account. So you interpret that as I will always be poor and I will never have anything of worth. Or maybe you keep on being turned down job after job after job and you get the email that says your qualifications do not match what we require. Your qualifications are not good enough. Your qualification, I must not be good enough. Or perhaps like me, You lose a loved one. And my interpretation for that was, how could a God that heals in the Bible not heal my dad? And how could it be that he would let my family go through all this pain and me be okay with that? 
So ministry must be fake and God must be fake too. But our situations, I believe that God sees it differently. And we need to learn how to translate differently too. Listen, just because it doesn't look like what you'd expected doesn't mean it's not what you prayed for. And I need to talk to somebody here today. If you and God is let you know that you are lovable, you are worthy of love, you're beautiful and God is with you. Maybe for that person that's broke, maybe making a budget is the translation that you need to do, that you need to make, I'm sorry, so that you won't see money as a thing that you identify with, but rather a thing that you use. Or maybe you continue to be turned down from jobs or maybe people alike. Your translation should, should be more like this. You are good enough. You're more than enough. And a job shouldn't determine that. A person shouldn't determine that. You are worthy. You see, I prayed for my dad to be healed. And he was healed in heaven. It's not how I expected it. It wasn't how I expected it. But no more suffering. And you know what? I was able to see God's hand even though I was angry at him and I cursed him. I was able to see God's hand with me and my family. And now I'm able to help people that have gone through the same thing that I've gone through. It's all in the translation. It's for your good. Wait. We're just on standby. And this is the first thing that I think that we need to do to wait better. Because translating disappointment will help you tremendously. Knowing that things may not come how you'd expect it or when you'd expect it will help you trust your season. And that's my second point. Trust your season. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 2 says it like this. To be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. And I really want to stop there because I want to tie it in to the seasons that gardeners and farmers use. But the passage goes on to say there's a time to dance and a time to mourn, a time to laugh and a time to cry. It's basically showing us the contrast between the two, like the up and downs, like the up and seasons and the down seasons. And just as we must go through seasons here on earth, we must go through seasons in life. Who loves seasons? Like you're a pumpkin spice latte season king or queen, yeah? You love that horrible drink, I don't know why, yeah? Yeah. Like it's five degrees cooler, so you're busting out the sweaters and the bubble jackets because you think it's good enough to wear sweaters. I don't know why. <laughs> I love the Christmas season because, you know, that's when I get the gifts that you guys are going to give me. Remember my sizes, guys. But see, in Florida, we really don't experience seasons, do we? Like, we just have summer and summerer. Like, it's just not good, you know? So that's why I felt it necessary to go back to school, if you will, right? Let's go back to school and learn about seasons, guys. Story time. Anyway. <laughs> so um, these seasons, I think we need to learn them and uh, just go over them, okay? You guys are ready? Winter. Winter is something that we don't experience, but other normal people do. Winter is when the earth and farmers and gardeners are resting. Nothing is growing and everything is dormant. Then we move on to spring. Spring is when everything starts to grow. Farmers in northern states generally wait for the ground to thaw out 
and they, so they can start spreading their seeds. And then this is when flowers and fruits start to grow. Then we move on to summer, the ones that we love here in Florida. Summer is a hotter continuation of the previous season, and everything move on to fall, also, uh, fall also known as autumn, the fruit of their labor. And just as there is a why to every season, when talking within the context of farming and gardening, there is a season and a why, there's a why to every season of your life. Just as there, is, there are seasons that produce fruit in the ground, here on earth, there are seasons that produce fruit in your life. And if we know the why, then we really don't mind waiting, right? If we know the why, then we really don't mind going through it. See, there was a season where I was addicted to pornography for quite some time. And I didn't know why I was in this season for so long. I didn't know why I, it lasted the time that it did. But I can tell you it lasted so long that it pushed me to never want to go back to it. And I needed to go through this season for so long because I needed to understand that there is a God who delivers and there is a God who offers freedom. And now I'm able to continue to, to help people and walk alongside of them and help them any way that I can. That's my why. Last year, I was unemployed not once, but twice. And it was a season that I really did not like. It was horrible. But you know what? That God allowed me to go through that season because he needed to shift my identity from a place of employment and the money that I make to find my identity in Christ. And you're probably sitting there saying, hey, Charlie, you're learning all these reasons after the fact. But I'm going through a season now and I need to learn my why now. But Diane and I are going through a season in our lives that I have often doubted my ability to father children and God's ability parents. They're baby, but I can't. Because it's my dream to be a dad, and, 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 and I've often doubted that God can heal. But we needed to go through this season because God needed to heal Diane of some physical ailments, and he needed to heal me from my doubt. We need to go through seasons... We, if we know our why, then we don't mind going through it. Maybe you have a son or a daughter that doesn't serve God anymore. You wonder where you weren't wrong. You wondered why they left the church. And you're, and you're telling yourself, what happened? And maybe this is a season that God wants them to go through because they need to find God for themselves. They need to experience God in a one-on-one -on -one relationship, and God needs to reveal themselves to him. All you got to do is just stay out of it. Stay praying for them, though, and keep trusting that they will come, and in season, it will yield fruit. Trust God and trust the season. Or perhaps this is a season of your life when everything, everything around you is falling apart. And you're doing everything right. And you're doing everything right. You're serving. You're, 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 you're tithing. You're a leader. And you're saying that everything continues to get worse. And there's no end in sight. And you're wondering, what am I doing wrong? And I know this season is hard, but maybe God wants you to look at him rather than look at the problems that are surrounding you. God is much bigger than your problems. God is much bigger than anything you may go through. And I know that's not what you wanted to hear. But I have never 
seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. I'm telling you, be in your season. I guarantee you that the fruit will be evident at the end. Or could it be, and I don't want to get in anybody's business, but could it be that your marriage is falling apart? You've drifted further and further from each other and you wonder if the damage that is done is repairable. Some words were said and some actions committed that you can't take back. And I know that this season is hurtful. And I know that this season is a season where you're ready to give up and throw in the towel because you're done. But perhaps it's a season where God wants to come in and start healing. Just let it go and let God start healing so that you guys can maybe be a family again and whatever may come of your marriage, will you let him in? Will you let him start healing? And I know what I'm about to say sounds a little bit corny, but you're about to see it in bumper stickers. You're probably going to see it on a billboard somewhere or in your social media feed. But it doesn't mean it's not true. There is a reason for your season. There is a reason for the season that you are in. Go through it. Because you want to know the best thing about seasons is that they end. Seasons end. You don't have to stay in your season forever. And the last thing the last thing that you need to do to wait better is to turn your focus. Turn your focus. I read this Bible verse in the beginning. It's found in Psalms 27:14 in the King James Version. And it goes like this. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I love how the message version puts it. And, it's, and it goes like this. It says, stay with God. Take heart. Oh, it's right there. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Stay with God. Guys, I remember when I was preparing for this message, I created an outline of outlines. I mean, this thing was stacked and I didn't even Google it. I'm talking about I had an a, a, a awesome message set up. I mean, it had a beautiful story. It had like three points. It said, wait, wait, wait. Right? And I had a, a story at the end that was going to make you cry and laugh at the same time. You didn't know what, what was going to be going on with your emotions. And I go to Pastor JJ's house, and I'm like, everybody in this house is going to accept the Lord as their personal Lord and Savior today. The dogs and the squirrels outside, everybody's going to accept them. I'm like, here it is, Pastor JJ. That's gold right there. He's like, you know what? Tell me about it. I'm like, you know what? That's even better. I'll go over it because you might get confused with all this wisdom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I go over it. I go over the stories, over all the points and all that good stuff. And one thing you need to learn about Pastor JJ, it's a practice that I've adopted, right? When he, <laughs> when he focuses, he closes his eyes, okay? But I didn't know that at that time, okay? So <laughs> I didn't know this. So I'm like... So he tells me, he's like, so Charlie, he's, he closes his eyes. I'm like, oh, snap, it's about to happen. I'm about to pray for this brother, y'all. Hey, everybody, come in this, come in this living room because he's about to accept it. But it wasn't that. So he was like, so Charlie, so you mean to tell me 
that you're telling people to wait by telling them to wait? And I'm like, yes, sir, that is gold. I'm about to go preach this all over the United States. Maybe the world. Come on, that is gold. Is that good? That's good, right? He's like, nah, it's not good. I was like, oh, yeah, no, no, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah, I mean, it's not good. I mean, who would tell people to wait on the Lord by waiting? The thing is that I couldn't shake that thought from my mind because David says, wait on the Lord and he shall strengthen your heart and be of good courage. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And I don't think David was telling us to wait on God by, 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 I don't think David was just telling us to wait by waiting. He was telling us to wait by waiting on God. And if we are waiting on God, strong in our stance, we will be given the courage and the strength for whatever may come, however it may come. And this courage and strength will help you to turn your focus. I think that's why David, four verses before in Psalms 27:10, said it like this. He said, though my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Other versions says the Lord would not leave me. He will always be with me. Deuteronomy 31:8 says it like this. The Lord himself goes before you. He will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged of the way because you will have to wait. I remember when I was on standby in Denver, Colorado, if I would have been on standby of a Florida man attacking Brad, the buddy. But the weight made me appreciate who I was with. I was with Diane. I didn't get to Orlando for another 36 hours, but it was an adventure because of who was standing by me. And I think oftentimes we focus on what we want so much that we forget the one who is standing by us. Jesus, things will be added onto you because what makes the wait worthwhile is appreciated. And I know that I've said a lot of these things before, but I felt it necessary for me to repeat some of the points that I've given you throughout this message because this will help us take the focus off from what we're waiting to the one who can supply what we're waiting for. You may be single, but turn your focus. Stop looking at everything that comes in front of you. Wait on God. You may be unemployed and feel without purpose, but turn your focus to the one who can give you purpose. Hey, you may want to be a father or a mother, but turn your focus to the one who is the author of life. And I know it hurt when you lost a loved one, but God is waiting for you to turn your focus to the one that can grant you healing. I know you're waiting to maybe make a big decision in life, whether or not you should move or maybe whether or not you should get married. But turn your focus to the one who directs all your steps. Perhaps you're waiting for something that I did not mention. And it's just a prayer between you and God. But turn your focus to the one who supplies all of your needs. And I know you may be tired. And you're saying, Charlie, I'm tired of translating season after season after season after season and nothing happens. Charlie, I'm tired of trusting in things that are not yielding any fruit. I'm tired of the disappointments that I continue to get. 
But I see in Isaiah 40, 31, it's behind me. And while you look at it, I want you to think about your situation. That they that turn their focus from what they want, you, their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I'm telling you, I understand that is that you're tired. I understand that you're sick of translating disappointment after disappointment. I understand that the, the seasons are not giving you the fruit that you desired, but turn your focus. It may not come as you want it, but that's why we learn how to translate. It may not come when you want it, but that's why we learn how to trust our season. It may not come how you want it, but that's why we learn to turn our focus. God is standing by me. Everybody stand up. Come on. If you're here and you don't know God, and you, or, or maybe this is your first time in church in a long time, and you want to take that that leap or you want to cross over that line of faith I want to pray with you and 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 maybe there's a there's a there's a there's a hole in your heart and you've been waiting to fill this hole and I just want to pray with you if that's you every head out every head bowed and every eye closed if you want to make a decision for Christ today I want you to lift your hands if you feel comfortable and you want to accept Christ into your heart as your personal Savior. I see that hand. I see that hand. If you want to accept him into your heart and you want to be with him and make a decision for that, I see your hand. Just repeat after me. It's a super simple prayer. Everybody around you is going to help you. The worship team is going to help me too. So repeat after me, Jesus, will you come into my life? I give you my heart. Jesus, will you come into my life? I give you my heart. Hey, come on, let's give it up for the people that raise their hands. Hey, listen, that's not, that's not everything. That's not the whole conversation that you and God have to have, but it's a good beginning. And Pastor Jenny will continue to go through the next steps of what you got to do. And then I want to pray for some people that are tired. You're tired of waiting. You're tired of the disappointments and you're tired of unfruitful seasons. I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. So if you could put your hand in your chest. And remember that those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall walk and not be weary. They shall run and not faint. Father, I pray for these people today. Father, I pray that you will be with them, that you will strengthen them, that they will know that you are with them and for them in their seasons, Father God, and that you will allow them to know and see that you are the one who supplies all their strength, that you are the one who supplies all their needs. And Father, that they will know that their strengths are being renewed right now. I thank you, Father, and I pray for the rest of the week that they may be strengthened to continue to face their lives. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's worship God today. Come on. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, 
Join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.